You are listening to an SAFM podcast, 104 to 107 nationwide. Stream us live on www.safm.co.za or via the SABC Plus app. SABC News, independent and impartial. Build One South Africa, Boza leader Musi Maimani says, Kebeha in the Eastern Cape is one of the highest unemployment rates in South Africa with a large number of young people without jobs. Yesterday, Maimani led a march against unemployment and corruption in the city as part of his nationwide engagements ahead of the party's one-year anniversary on Heritage Day. The party says it's uh, against alleged job-killing corruption at the Mandela Bay Development Agency, which has cost the people of the metro 781 million rands in funding so far. We now joined on the line by the Boza leader, Musi Maimani. A very good morning to you, sir, and welcome. Good morning, and good morning to fellow South Africans. First, let's take a look at the purpose of your march yesterday in Kabecha, and were you satisfied with the outcomes? I thought it was absolutely important that we come and fight for jobs in Kabecha. Corruption is indeed destroying the economy of, of the Eastern Cape, the economy of the country, but also here in Kabecha. And therefore, I engaged the mayor. We gave him a number of ultimatums that um, I thought he took in the right spirit, which was, the firstly, that the city manager must be removed simply because already there are criminal charges preferred against the city manager. Secondly, that we need to change the leadership of the Nelson Mandela Bay Development Agency so as to release the funding that is required to fund micro-enterprise to ensure that we can keep the lights on in the bay and ensure that we can deliver jobs. Because at the end of the day, if the conditions are not such that economic activity can happen, Nelson Mandela Kabecha is going to continue to suffer from unemployment. Now, we also understand that this first march is part of Boza's nationwide engagements ahead of the one-year anniversary. What are the objectives that you want to achieve with these engagements, and uh, uh, where are you headed to next? No, what certainly is I've been traveling across the country, identifying South Africans who want to represent their communities in Parliament. We've certainly been seeing a number of candidates come on board. Furthermore, we are engaging communities to say to them, this is their South Africa, and not only should young people be registering to vote, But all of us must ensure that we do our little bit to fix and build this country of ours. And therefore, part of the tour, it it began in KZN, I'll certainly be in Limpopo, being in Gauteng, in all nine provinces, because as Build One South Africa heads towards one year, it has already shown that it is the fastest growing party in the country, and more and more citizens are engaged with the project that we are about, which is to build one South Africa across all racial lines, but also to ensure that we ourselves contributing to building our communities, our cities. And so it's giving power back to the people and ensuring that we work together. So it's an, it, it's an important tour. It's an important ability to engage citizens. And we want to show South Africans that it is possible that a new way can be found in ensuring that this country prospers. So, 24th of September will be one year since the formation of your party. And what would you now say are the party's achievements, uh, achievements rather, thus far? 
As I demonstrate that uh, not only have we shown that we're a government in working, we've now been going around in communities practically fixing things that are a challenge. You know, we, I was in Limpopo where, where clearly there was a water crisis there. We've been uh, assisting now as part of the celebration that we want to give a community a borehole in a number of areas. We've shown the same in, in Dozoma, in KZN, where ultimately where there's a water crisis, let's respond to it. Secondly, we've also been in, in, in fighting against the issues of load shedding. So when you look at the, the fact that we were the ones who fought the government to ensure that police stations, hospitals, and schools have alternative energy during load shedding, a, an order that we fought in, in, in the Gauteng North High Court and now the government is opposing demonstrates that we fight on behalf of people. And more crucially, when we went out and said, how many candidates can we be able to get around the country to represent the people? Over 450 have come on board. We have revealed the first 24 which show the fact that there are, there are qualified South Africans with degrees ready to serve the country. And we've been building in all nine provinces, which as a, as a, as a party that seeks to represent all citizens, that is important. We are not here to fight for a race, a gender, a, a, a tribe, whether it's Zulu nationalism or Africana nationalism or any other type. We are here to build with all South Africans. And so I think it shows that ultimately we demonstrate what the future of this country must look like. On another issue, you issued a statement about officials of the South African Gender Equity Commission cancelling a planned meeting due to an all-women delegation from your party, which was reportedly cited as lacking in authority. Tell us about what the purpose of the meeting was and what authority the commission was referring to. Chapter 9 institutions like the, the Gender Commission are essential uh, in our nation, and they need to be always held by people who show independence and are willing to work with all formations. BOSA, as an organization, as we've been fighting for issues that pertain to women led by Nobuntu Sazo Webster, who's the deputy leader of BOSA, had formally written and engaged the Gender Commission. It is, in fact, appalling and, and, and absolutely, in a way that is dismissive, that undermines the struggle for women, that another woman who heads up, who was in the meeting, decided to literally dismiss the delegation on site. It shows the undermining of the very issues that women fight for, and that at times when we call upon men to, to be allies and to, to work with that sometimes you find other women who continue to undermine the struggle. And therefore, I, I feel that we'll be taking this matter further. I'll be engaging the commissioner and really asking with urgency that we meet crucially to resolve this issue and that, and that citizens who want to hinder the progress of women must be removed in those positions. Looking ahead to the elections next year, there are seven political parties uh, that met to form a coalition to oust the African National Congress uh, in the elections. It will be called the Multi-Party Charter for South Africa. Will you in future be looking at uh, joining this coalition? I think that discussion about coalitions in, in that particular instance must be post the elections because at the end of the day, you've still got seven parties, not one party. Everyone still has to express and go find votes, which means those parties will compete against each other. If it was a conversation about what entity do we put on the ballot that is one, 
so that citizens can know where then certainly it would be a discussion to have before the elections. But in the absence of that, we as Build One South Africa um, wanting to ensure we get more members of parliament, more communities represented in parliament. And uh, the conversation about coalitions can happen after the elections uh, are done. But in the meantime, we have to go out and find 2 million South Africans, young, uh, young ones who are not registered to vote, and the ones who are registered to vote who are disgruntled with the current party for formation to say come and vote because even if the moonshot or anything of that nature comes together it would still not get the requisite votes to bring about change we want to write the chapter as to what happens after the 30 years of anc rule what chapter do we write that includes all south africans and including south africans who previously voted for the anc must also come and see themselves as part of that vision uh, for the next 30 years of this country just on current affairs, on a different note, uh, this morning we had advocate, the former uh, advocate, Buzasuya Mkwabani, former public protector, uh, on the line to chat to us. What is your reaction to the removal of advocate Mkwabani and President Cyril Ramaphosa announcing the highest honours for the IFP founder, Prince Mangasutu Butelezi? Look, I think one of the difficulties, again, as another Chapter 9 institution, when advocate Mkwabani was brought on board, it felt that the function of the deployment of the NC was to deploy somebody to go protect the former president and almost in some ways wage a factional war against the current president. And now we are undergoing a similar cycle where one is removed. And my worry, and more seriously, is whether or not the next public protector will be the president rather than actually someone who is committed to serving the citizens of this country. So I think Parliament has engaged itself on this matter. We must uh, ensure that a due process was followed. But the long-term issue is that we need to find a public protector who is independent, who is not factionalized within, within the ruling party, who can ensure that ultimately the public is protected against abuses of power by those who hold executive office. So the decision is sound. What we now need to do is ensure that we find the best ones. And either way, her term of office was coming to an end. On Prince Mangosu Tubutelezi, look, as a South African who grew up in townships during the 80s, I witnessed the, the violence of the 80s, and equally so worked with Prince Mangosu Tubutelezi. And I think as a country, we've honored many for the different roles that they played before the, the, the ending of apartheid and post that, whether it was President de Klerk, whether anybody. And therefore, I think given that, to me, uh, honoring a South African of that nature is befitting on behalf uh, from the president. But I would urge that what we've got to solve for as a country is that Prince Mangosukubutelezi represented the Zulu nationalism which was the formation of the IFP. Now what we have to figure out is how do we not have another form of nationalism happen in the country? And so as it's been laid to rest, I hope the ideals of Zulu nationalism or Africana nationalism or any kind of tribalism that must occur in this country must in fact be buried also so that we can build a South Africa that truly works for all South Africans. That's the duty that we've got to transition going from this point on. Mr. Maimani, I thank you so much for your time and all the best of luck with your engagements.
Much appreciated. That was Build One South Africa Boza leader Musi Maimani. You can find SAFM Current Affairs on 104 to 107 nationwide. Our podcasts are available for download on all our digital platforms. SAFM, leading the conversation.